going on, everybody? Rob Stats Guerrero here. Welcome to another edition of the Niners Nation podcast. We have a very special guest today. Had the opportunity last night to catch up with Mike Golick of ESPN, the Hall of Famer. Uh, Golick and I used to work together on Mike and Mike back in the day, so it was nice to finally catch up with him after a while. We, we had seen each other a little bit at Super Bowls and stuff, but we hadn't had an extended conversation, so I wanted to do that this week uh, as the 49ers prepare to face the Eagles here, or at least the shell of the Eagles, as both of these teams are just injured beyond belief. So I got his thoughts on the Eagles and the Niners and more bigger picture NFL stuff too with the COVID situation that's happening and actually even a little bit on Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. So we'll get into all that, but before we get there, I wanted to give you my quick preview on the Eagles game since most of this uh, episode is going to be the interview with Golick. Um, Basically, it comes down to three things for me for the 49ers. Your three goals. Number one, protect Nick Mullins. Number two, avoid a two-score deficit. And number three, Find a way to get pressure on Carson Wentz. You have to do that because even though I know he struggled, I think he's he's good enough to hurt the 49ers, especially with their banged-up secondary. So a little bit more on the first one, protecting Mullins. It's pretty simple. The 49ers' offensive line has been a train wreck so far this season, and Philly has a good defensive line. They have some talent there, especially in the middle with Fletcher Cox. That is a problem for the 49ers because the interior of their offensive line is awful. And when you have a weakness of your team that matches up with the strength of your opponent, that's when you really start to see game plans just get blown up. So that's something, obviously, that the 49ers are going to have to contend with. I expect them to do a lot of quick passes, some RPO, probably some screens, too, to sort of mitigate that pass rush and maybe use that rush against the Eagles a little bit. But they absolutely have to protect Mullins because that's the only way that the offense is going to function as they try and go down the field and score some points. And that ties into the second point I made, which is, Avoid a two-score deficit. You know, people have said Nick Mullins has played great, and he's done a very good job. I've never disputed that. But he also hasn't taken a single snap this year from behind. The Niners have been either tied or winning in every snap Nick Mullins has taken this year, and there's a difference. It's it's just a different mindset, you know? There's different stakes when you know that you're trailing as opposed to tied or ahead. And what happens if they get down two scores? Is Mullins the kind of guy that's going to lead them back? Everyone says he knows the offense really well, but in a two-minute drill, you know, a lot of times it comes down to chemistry with your guys. Maybe you see something in the defense and you give somebody a quick hand signal to make a change. I mean, there's that story from last week where Nick Foles came in for the Bears and told his receiver, hey, dude, they're going to send an all-out blitz, so you just run to the L in the end zone and I'll throw it to you there. I mean, sometimes that happens, and I don't know if the backup is going to be ready to do that. I know there's a chance that Jimmy Garoppolo plays. I don't think that's going to happen. Protect him from himself, even if he plays. How mobile, you know, how well is he going to be able to get around on that ankle? Just let him sit out another week. I think that's the smart thing to do. And I think the 49ers will do that. Now, the third point find a way to get pressure on Carson Wentz. We've seen he's turned the ball over this season. He has two interceptions in every game. His confidence is clearly shaken right now. I would love to see the 49ers come out early send some extra blitzers, and just sort of get in his mind like, oh no, here we go again. Don't give him a chance to sort of get some momentum going. Especially with no crowd there, with no fans. You know, if they came out early and went 3-0, and out, the crowd would be going crazy. It would be a different experience. With no fans, I almost feel like that helps Carson Wentz sort of avoid that situation. One thing I am worried about Carson Wentz is his legs. 
He can run a little bit. He can move. And I think that Doug Peterson is smart enough to alter his game plan enough to make that a significant factor. I think he's smart enough to say, look, if Carson's turning the ball over and and he's being inaccurate with his throws, that's not the best way for us to move the ball down the field. Let me get Carson out on the edge. Maybe we'll do some option plays, whatever it might be. I think he can alter his game plan to do that because the 49ers have shown they struggle against mobile quarterbacks. And the nice thing about that from the Eagles' perspective, if Carson does have some success on the ground, he does start to build that confidence back up a little bit. You see the chains move. You see the offense go down the field. You see the guys on the offense, you know, their spirits get picked up a little bit. It matters. So, you know, they say sometimes shooters just need to see the ball go through the net. Well, that's what you don't want with the Eagles and Carson Wentz because if he does get rolling, he's an elite quarterback and he would be by far the best quarterback that the 49ers have seen this season. So I want to see Salah come out early and try and just take his heart immediately. They've been blitzing a lot more since the injuries. They've been blitzing, I think, 28% of the time, something like that, which is crazy high for the 49ers. So it's nice to see Salah evolve. I hope he keeps that going. Uh, but those are my three factors. Protect Mullins, avoid a 10-point deficit, and pressure Carson Wentz. It's not rocket science, I know, but I just wanted to give a little treetop preview of the game uh, because Golik and I got into it some, but it wasn't the focus of our interview. So, enough babbling from me. Without further ado, the great Mike Golick of ESPN. I am super excited to talk to, and I'm not stunned that these words are coming out of my mouth, a Hall of Famer in the one and only Mike Golick. Mike, how are you doing? That's so weird to hear. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> talk about some things uh, not to expect when you go through uh, a bunch of years on the radio and TV, something you hadn't really planned on doing to hear those words. It's pretty wild. But how you doing, man? Good to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah, for those that don't know, I worked with Mike every day for about five years on Mike and Mike. And I, I always said if I interviewed you, I was going to start the interview with the same words that you said to me when you found out I was leaving ESPN. And you probably don't remember this, but those words were, what's up, <laughs> I thought it was when you were leaving. Why did it take so long or something oh. like that? <laughs> it was probably that too. But, yeah, that, that sounds like something I would say though. God, that it's, I can't believe it's been so long. Um, it has, man. We're getting older, aren't we? Either we're getting older or everybody else is catching us. One of the two. You want to feel old. I have two kids, Mike. No, no, you don't. I know you don't because... <laughs> That, that woman is a saint then to even, you know, procreate with you. So believe me. <laughs> um, a couple of memories I wanted to share. I don't know if you remember these, but these stuck out to me. Number one is we were going on the road somewhere. I can't remember where we were flying, but we needed to get to the airport. And I don't know how this ended up happening, but we were going to go in my car. And at the time I drove a four cylinder Subaru Impreza. And you were like, no, let's all go in your car. So me, you, Liam, and yep. I think I think Greeny was there, piled yep. into my car, and you wanted to drive. And we made a 45-minute drive from ESPN to Bradley Airport in like a half hour. Yeah, it, listen, I, I'm so used to that drive, having to hustle a lot of times from the show, and I have like an 11, 10 flight at some times, and the show ends at 10, that I would get out by 10, and I'd get there by 10, 30, 10, 35. So I knew I'd get us there in time. <laughs> But what you don't know is when we got there, I got out of the car and looked at Liam and said, I didn't know my car could move like that. Well, it was either going to go faster. It was going to break down one of the two because we had to make the flight <laughs> or yeah. Yeah. We had to get there in time. 
Yeah, and we did because you're an insane person and you drive <laughs> like a crazy man. Um, yes, and the, I do. The other story I remember is there was a day, I don't remember the exact story, but there was something involving Ben Roethlisberger going on and it was everywhere and we wanted to talk about it. But the news editors at ESPN couldn't confirm the story. So they didn't yep. want us to talk about it. But then we found out that the Pittsburgh affiliate ESPN affiliate was able to talk about it. And I just remember you getting the news editor on the phone and unleashing on that poor bastard who was on the other end of that phone line. You know, and, and I guess with age comes, I guess you calm down a bit. Cause when I think about those kind of things, I just have to realize that person was doing their job as, as well. But at the time it never made sense to me because it happens a lot. And I know it's ESPN being thorough and making sure that the story is right so you don't come out with anything wrong. But when you see it coming out of different outlets, you just are losing your mind. Like, we're a national show, and you're not letting us talk about this. It's the biggest thing going on now. So, yeah, it was very aggravating. But when you take a step back, they're probably right, except when you're in the moment that I know they're wrong and I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was happy because I was screaming from the rooftops that we should talk about it. But yeah. <laughs> You know, people always ask me, and even now, it's been years since I worked on the show, but people always ask me, are Greeny and Golick really like that? And I say, yeah, they really are. Golick is the guy who's upstairs in his cubicle using the recycle bin as a pillow. <laughs> I, yeah, I spent a lot of times in that cubicle because I always had to hang around and do NFL Live and then get ready to do a college game. So I had to spend a lot of time there. So I had to get comfortable. And in actuality, the trash can set the right way on the ground was actually kind of spongy and was pretty comfortable. So I can't complain. <laughs> All right. Let's stop with the reminiscing and go to a little on the field stuff. The first thing I want to ask you about Gulk is this, I mean, the situation that just came down on Thursday, the NFL pushing the Steelers and Titans to an unknown date because of COVID-19 you played in the NFL. Would you have played this season if you were in the league right now? Oh yeah, definitely would have. You know, my wife and I actually talked about that, and every and 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 as as we see, you know, actually more players opted out than I thought were going to opt out, and everybody is in a different situation. You know, you had you had opt outs for reasons of families, reasons of of health, uh, for the you personally or for somebody in your family, and I understand all that. My wife and I talked about it. We were, so we weren't in the situation, but we still kind of we're thinking about what would we do? And my wife was the same as me. She said, I would have said, I would have told you to go play even, <laughs> even if, but even if that meant not seeing them for a few months, you only get so many years in playing. And she said, you need to take advantage of that. Now, in this case, they get to go home every day uh, to their families and th they take so many precautions at the facilities. That's where it doesn't worry me at the facility. What worries me is when the players go home, what happens there mm -hmm. and what do they bring back then to the facility? But even in the facility, you are in masks and stuff. And I know sometimes players are getting a little lackadaisical. We saw the Raiders went to a charity event and had their masks off for a little while. It's just, you have to be a constant reminder that you have to do things the right way. If you want to make it through the season, this is the first hiccup. We saw a hiccup in baseball right out of the gate. Uh, we see hiccups all the time, obviously in college football going through that. And that's going to continue to happen. We hadn't seen one in football. Now we do. Now we'll see what kind of an effect it's going to have or if they can contain it, you know, and make this be kind of an exception and not a rule. That's the thing that that worries me because baseball was able to get by because they were able to schedule a bunch of double headers. Well, the right. NFL, they can't do that. And 
luckily it seems like this situation will work itself out assuming everything is contained because we they can swap some bye weeks in week seven and week eight and it's sort of it's a tidy little cleanup that they can do but if this happens again or with multiple teams i don't know what the nfl is going to be able to do to make up any games that could be missed well i mean that's what it, that's what this whole season was it was a big if right if this happens or that happens and then you just kind of cross your hold your you know cross your fingers and hope it doesn't and you really cross them in anything outside the bubble because the bubble sports hockey soccer wnba nba worked great you know, but everything yeah. outside, you kept your fingers crossed. And we still do. We're still keeping our fingers crossed. Baseball's making it through well. Now they're in the postseason. They're in the, the, the just the two select cities, kind of like the hockey did. But for, for football, both college and pro, it's, it's every week you kind of hold your breath. And it cannot be your fault. Look, Pittsburgh got caught up in it. Look at last week. I was supposed to call the Notre Dame-Wake Forest game. Wake Forest, you know, they had no positives, but because Notre Dame did, now they're forced to, to have to postpone that game until December 12th. So same with the Steelers now. Through no fault of their own, they now have to work around some schedules. And you're right, this time it, it can be a nice, tidy finish. But what happens if? And that's what they always have to be ready for. You have to be ready for the contingencies and the worst-case scenarios to, to hopefully have some kind of a plan. And what really stinks for the Steelers is this might end up being their bye week. The thing is, they practiced yesterday and they practiced today too. So if you're supposed to have your bye week and you're practicing through most of the week, that's not really a week off. You have to take what it comes. I mean, listen to what Mike Vrabel was saying. If they were going to play this game Monday or Tuesday, Vrabel said, hey, we have to play it. We all knew what we signed up for this year. It was going to be a different year because if it was going to happen that way, they weren't getting back in their facility until Saturday, which meant their prep days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they were all on Zoom and all on their own. How the hell do you get ready for a game like that? It's a year like we have never seen. And I have a feeling, I hope I'm wrong, but I have a feeling this is just the beginning. But like I said, hopefully I'm wrong. Let's just assume going forward that this is going to be worked out. So now I can get to some 49ers Eagles questions. I, I'm loath to ask you Eagles questions because I know you look, you're an Eagle. As far as I'm concerned, you're, you'll always be an Eagle. But they got some problems right now, Mike. And it starts with Carson Wentz. He has been horrible. He's been horrible. The offensive line has been horrible. The, I mean, listen, nobody's when, – when you're losing all your games, you're not pointing to one person. Everybody's got to look in the mirror, no doubt about it. I didn't like the way the game ended last week. I think they should have tried to kick the field goal. Uh, but, you know, they didn't. So, yeah, when, when you don't have a win, there's a lot, a lot of blame to go around. And we know the quarterback always takes a lot of blame. And, listen, Carson deserves a lot of it. But a hell of a lot of people do as well. There's a hell of a lot of people not doing their job right now for the Eagles. And this is what I don't understand. I've seen Carson Wentz be really good. And I know Doug Peterson is a really good coach. I don't understand how it could be going this badly. I know they're banged up, but at the key spots, they have good people there. I'm completely stunned that this is where we are. I, the two, two teams I'm stunned, I'm stunned by this, both offensively and defensively. They got a hell of an expensive defensive line in Philly as well. And I've also been stunned like Minnesota. We expected more out of Minnesota as well. You know, they're the questions of Kirk Cousins all the time. I get it. But their defense has been letting them down. So I think the two most surprising teams to me on, on the downside this year have been the Eagles and the So now the 49ers are banged up too, just like the Eagles. God, are the 49ers banged up. Do you think that 
considering what we saw from the Niners backups last week, that they can sort of survive this sort of injury wave here and ride it out till they get healthy. I mean, listen, they don't have a choice. This is what has to happen. But, but every year, every year stats, there's a mash team. And this year it's the 49ers back-to-back games at MetLife. I know people are complaining about the turf. I know some players from other teams are starting to speak out saying they want all the fields to go back to grass. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but this year the 49ers are the mash unit at very important positions as well. Some obviously like Bosa, which they're not getting back. So that's the big question every year. It's next man up. What's your depth look like? And can what you're trying to do when you have injuries like this is you try and keep your head above water. Don't put yourself in too big of a hole while you're getting your guys back. Yeah, the division is incredible. Russell Wilson is just destroying everything in his path right now. Um, I do think it's a little funny when you, when you hear guys complain about the turf. I know the turf you played on, Golik, and it wasn't what these guys have. Listen, yeah, I, I'm all for player safety. And listen, things are different today than they were when I played. Yeah, but we played on either natural grass or carpet on concrete. So, I mean, that's, that's just what it was. I mean, and that's what we dealt with. And you know what? Over time and through the union and everything, we were able to get rid of it. Also, just through the evolution of the fact that you could, you could actually produce better stuff that didn't have any upkeep to it, like the synthetic grass we have right now. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, these guys aren't very tough. I'm not going to do that because, you know, if, if, in fact, you're figuring out that this stuff is causing injuries, then you need to change it. Now, I haven't seen enough. I don't know enough about it to know that these are causing injuries. I certainly know the shit that we played on caused injuries without question uh, for guys didn't even have to be hit to get hurt on that AstroTurf. But, you know, it, it, it's like I said, new era now, different grass they're playing on. But if you find out that too many injuries are happening on, happening on it, then, you know, you, you got to do something about it if, in fact, that's going to be the case. You did mention the division, and so I have to ask you about the Seahawks because my only saving grace as a 49er fan against the Seahawks was maybe Pete Carroll will just make them run the ball enough that the 49ers can find a way to win a close game. Now that Pete Carroll seems to realize that Russell Wilson is good, I think the 49ers might be in some trouble in the division. I think the 49ers are going to be. I think everybody is. I think Seattle, though Seattle's defense hasn't been all that great. At this point, they have five sacks, and I think at least two of them have come from Jamal Adams, a safety. So they need more pressure by that D-line. So, But offensively, I mean, my God, what Russell Wilson's doing, and I think they're actually playing to his strengths now, uh, something they hadn't done in the past. So if that's the case for right now, I think a lot of people are going to be in trouble. Two more questions. One, how the hell does Russell Wilson complete every deep pass he throws when no one else in the NFL seems to be able to do that with any consistency? It is amazing, too, and he does a lot of it on the run, which is just stunning to me. And, boy, he and Metcalf are really, really hooking up right now. That guy that guy is just a freak, what he's doing right now. It is amazing what he's doing, but they're getting a decent running game. But that is even one of the more impressive things to me is he can do it on the run as well as in the pocket. Do you believe that this is a guy that has never – it's not like he hasn't had great seasons before, has never gotten one MVP vote, never a vote, let alone the award. And right now, I know it's way too early, but there's no doubt he's the favorite right now. Oh, I think so, too, because I think everybody is now aware of that. And so it's almost going to be like a makeup year. Like, we have yes, to vote for exactly. Russell Wilson. Yes, exactly right.
Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes is sitting there like, I don't even throw incompletions. I don't know what everybody's talking about in Seattle. Patrick Holmes is going to get the uh, Michael Jordan treatment of being great every year and being like, you know, not being the MVP every year. How many more times Jordan could have won it? Yeah, that's great. I hate that guy. Patrick Mahomes can't lose enough for me after breaking my heart. <laughs> well, I just want to thank you, Mike. I appreciate your time. Um, I tried not to ask you for a ton of stuff since I left the show because I know you're a busy man, um, but I really appreciate you jumping on with me. And uh, when are we going to see you back with your own show again? Because I know it's going to happen sooner or later. That, that's the question. I mean, right now I'll, I'll continue doing the games. I'm under contract with ESPN until the end of the year. So I asked them if I could call college games because I love doing it. And, you know, they're, they're uh, having me do it. So I'm very happy to be doing it. And then once the new year hits and the, the contract runs out, then we'll just kind of wait and see what happens. We'll see uh, where I'll end up, see what kind of show I'm doing at that point. So you know where you're going already. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish. If, if you got any uh, if you got any leads, let me know. Oh, I, I'll keep that in mind. Mike, thank <laughs> you so much. I really appreciate the time. You got it, Stats. No problem. Thanks again to Golik for taking the time to catch up a little bit. That's going to do it for this edition of the Niners Nation podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. Please, if you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, we like five-star reviews, but... Nobody bats a thousand, okay? If you hear something that you don't like, that's okay too. Leave a comment. We'll try to be better. Until then, enjoy the game. We'll be with you Sunday night after the game late here on the East Coast where I am. We'll have an instant reaction podcast. Hope to be joined by Levin Black for that one. We'll break everything down, and hopefully, hopefully, it's yet another 49ers win.